I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And you know, each week on the Dinner Party Download, we'd speak to the brightest stars, turn people on to what's happening in music, movies, food. Also, we would provide very terrible dad jokes for you. <laughs> That's right. You're, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> uh, but do you know everyone's favorite segment? The song we would play at the end. No, I think that was your favorite because it meant the show was over and you could go home and eat sheet cake. That's true. Nope. I'm talking about the etiquette segment <laughs> in which we and a famous person answer our audience's questions about how to be polite. That's true. Not the sheet cake part. But everybody mm. really does love etiquette. And we figure that is because in mm. this modern moment, it feels like we could all use a little guidance on how to be civilized adults. And what do you know? That is the subject of our new book, Brunch is Hell, How to Save the World by Throwing a Dinner Party. Wait a second. Are you talking about the one that's available in stores now? That is the very one. Go figure. Hmm. So as a companion to the book, we thought we would compile the etiquette segments that inspired it into a little mini-series. And we're calling it How to Behave. And for the second installment of that series, all our guest advice givers are comedians. Who can be surprisingly wise when they're not busting our chops. Oh, yeah. uh, later in this episode, we'll hear from the hilarious and very shouty Billy Eichner <laughs> of the TV shows Billy on the Street and Difficult People. That's crazy. Plus Lady Dynamite herself, Maria Bamford, along with her mom. Oh, yeah. But let's kick things off with Carrie Brownstein and Fred Armisen. All right. They are writers, producers, and stars of the sketch comedy show Portlandia, in which, of course, they lampoon the town of Portland, Oregon, and the post-liberal art grad types who live there. The show's final season launches in January. When we met with Carrie and Fred, Brendan posed them our first listener question. This question comes from Kay. Kay writes, I am engaged in planning a wedding. My future husband and I do not wish to have children there, as neither of us... Wait, whoa. Wait, there? They, at the wedding? They're not going to have kids at the wedding. They don't want guests to bring kids is what they mean. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, this is a <laughs> good question. My future husband and I do not wish to have children there, as neither of us like them. Mm-hmm. We made our invitations clear, but a distant relative must have missed the no kids memo. She's bringing her sons with her. What should I do? Mm. You know what? This is real advice. I would contact this relative by phone or email and reiterate her desire to not have kids there and to offer some kind of child-sitting services during the oh. ceremony. That, that's what I would do. And I but actually think that's good advice. No? I think that's great it, it, advice. I, I think that's good advice. But I see two etiquette questions in this one. First of all, is it okay to have people not bring their children to a wedding? It's okay to do anything you want at your own wedding, isn't it? I, Absolutely. It's your, your party. I think so, too, because there's so many other things, and people make you fly to far-flung places yeah. and ask Can't you— smoke. Yeah, ask you to dress a <laughs> yeah. certain way. All right. So there you go, Kay. Carrie will pay for the babysitter. What yeah. if you don't have the money to offer? Yeah, that's the thing. This is very, I mean, what we really should be talking about is the impoliteness of the person who did not respect the invitation. There's that too. And I, I guess if you wanted to take a more hard line, less generous approach, which I think is fine because mm-hmm. her, you know, their wishes. It's your special day, Kay. It's your special day. <laughs> you could just say, we're glad they're making the trip with you. But as stated in, in the invitation, we're not having kids at the wedding. Maybe mm. that's the more hardline approach. And you could have one of those things like they have on Ferris wheels. Like mm-hmm. if you're not this tall, you cannot come into <laughs> yeah. our wedding. I'm like, sorry. Absolutely. You can hang out in the Prius. <laughs> All right. Here's something from Jordan from Greensboro, North Carolina. And Jordan writes, when my wife and I watch a movie, she, quote, multitasks on her phone, but still claims she is enjoying slash paying attention to the movie. Am I unreasonable for complaining? Um, 
a little bit. I think that uh, mar- relationships are a compromise and everyone enjoys movies in their own way. And actually, there, there are some people who can actually take in and enjoy a movie while they're doing other things. So I think yeah. th- I think that's okay. And even if it's a little annoying, it's it's yeah, at least you get to watch a movie with somebody. Yeah. I have to say this drives me insane when me people too. do this all the time. It's like, and they say that they're most... I mean, I believe that that's true, Fred, that there's some people that are like that. But in my experience, they're, they're missing everything. But why do they have to watch it with you? Like, why can't they have a more fractured... Well, why are we know? watching the movie then? Wow, because, because we're sitting movie. next to each other. Because you're spending time together. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's, no, she's on the phone. You want your day to go well, literally, at the end of that day. <laughs> you don't want there to have been an issue with, like, you didn't watch the movie in the way that I did. Yeah, I that's, that's pass- different. That's passive yeah. aggressive. I think there is a way, though, of stating what kind of shared couple experiences are important to you. And it, it obviously just can't be everything. If, if this is one of his main activities they do as a couple that's very important to him, then I think he should say in advance, like, listen, mm. I would love for us to just sit here and watch a movie. But if they do a bunch of things together and it's not that important, he should just let it go. Yeah. But I also think right. he should reevaluate what is important quality time. Because you're sitting exactly. in front of a television, not communicating, even if you're both focused on the movie. But she's multitasking really... on her phone. She's like two levels divorced from the time they're sharing together. You don't know how her brain works. You don't know this That's person. That's true. Maybe she's right. texting uh, him love notes. That's or, or trivia questions trivia on questions. the movie. Yeah. Or live tweeting it. I think the onus, <laughs> the onus is on him to let her know that it's important. And if it's not that important, let it go. Actually, I'm t- if Jordan, if, if you really are focused on the movie... And the way that you want her then to be how focused. Do you know? How do you know? <laughs> how do you know what she's doing over exactly. there? Exactly. You know? Where's that? Yeah, where are his eyes? They should watch the movie on her phone. <laughs> yes. I'm pointing at Carrie right now. There That's we go. the middle way. That's silence. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. All right. We solved that one. All right. This question comes from Michael from Tipton, Pennsylvania. And Michael writes, in my work, I occasionally encounter actors and other celebrities, some of whom I recognize more than others. Can you recommend how or if one should ask that potentially ego-damaging question, where might I have seen your work? P.S. This would not apply to Fred and Carrie since I'm a big fan of their show. Uh. Well, I I don't think one should be any more nervous or deferential about a performer than anyone else. So if you really don't know but are curious, I, I guess just be honest. I mean, Fred loves when he gets mistaken for Rick Moranis. And, uh... <laughs> it really happened. Uh, really? In Disneyland, really? in Disneyland, uh, a family from India... <laughs> The dad came up to me and, and told me that I was great in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> Which would make Rick Moranis look so amazing now. Because, oh, my you know, God, yeah. 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 But you were okay with that. You enjoyed that. I said, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes people say, Carrie Bradshaw, right? <laughs> Which is the character from Sex and the City. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just say, yeah, that's my name. So there you go, Michael. Just, just go ahead and ask. Go ahead and ask. Just be polite. All right. Julia in South Pasadena, California writes... You're driving on the highway, and the super slow car you've been tailgating finally changes lanes. Is a stare-down merited or some other form of reproach? Wow, that is a big pet peeve of mine. Which one? Which part? Yeah, she's tailgating. I know. Being tailgated, but also having someone drive really slow Mm -hmm. in front of me. I don't think a glare is ever worth it. You think you might glare and then speed ahead, and then you never know. Traffic patterns change, and all of a sudden you're just right up next to that person again. (laughs) I would just internalize that glare. Although let's also talk about the fact that this car may be driving super slow because Julia has been tailgating the hell out of this person, and they're mad. Well, she has to leave a certain car length. It's the law. Yeah. It's the law. We should have. Yeah, it's we, the law. That's why we have you. Here. It's the law. This is why it's we brought law. Fred and Carrie here to answer legal questions. <laughs> yeah, translate. how many times I can say it's the law. <laughs> All right. Now this is honestly our last question. And Wait, I want to. I want to oh, add something. Yeah. 
I thought of something else that Carrie, something about Carrie that is remarkable. I know this is <laughs> okay. off topic. Earlier in the show, for those who didn't hear, Fred and Carrie were telling us trivia about each other. You just, just edit it in really, really quickly. Um, she knows all the girl groups from the early 60s, like an encyclopedia. Really? That? Really. It is crazy. One time Fred and I were in a small town in Washington State. We were driving back from a wedding. This is tying everything in. We were driving back from a wedding where there were no kids and we weren't tailgating anyone. (laughs) And and there was some music playing, you know, just over the the speakers in the restaurant. And I could name every song. And it was like that 50s doo-wop stuff. And I don't know how I retained that information, but somehow I did. Wow, yeah. what's the most obscure? I can't even remember the names. But, <laughs> but names that if I told you, you'd be like, I don't know if that's a real group. <laughs> yeah, maybe they aren't real groups. And... Oh, no, no, I, I checked. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. On your phone while you were listening to her. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, so yeah. he was really distracted and I was upset. There we go. There you go. It all comes full circle. <laughs> Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein, thanks so much for telling our audience how to behave. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein, Portlandia's final season. Ah, alas, uh, things coming to an end. So much. It's coming soon. Yes. And folks, we're in the midst of our special How to Behave series, the comedy edition, meaning you will be hearing advice about how to behave from professional funny people like this next gentleman, Billy Eichner. Billy's one of today's most popular comedians and curmudgeons. Mm-hmm. He produces and stars in the Hulu series Difficult People, about two completely misanthropic New York media types clawing their way to D level fame. It sounds so familiar. Uh. But we spoke to him about his other and far louder show, Funnier Dies, Billy on the Street. That is a comedy game show where Billy, who is more than a little obsessed with pop culture, hits the streets of New York and quizzes pedestrians on trivia. But Jeopardy, this is not. And nope. Alex Trebek, he is not. Nope. We began with a clip in which Billy and his guest that day, Amy Poehler, offered a dollar to anyone who could sing a Christmas carol with them correctly. They better sing the right lyrics. Are you ready, Amy? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Here we go. Sure, do you want to sing Christmas carols with me and Amy Poehler for a dollar? For a dollar? Yes. Here here we go. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. La, 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 la. Yes. Yes. Tis the season to be jolly. La, 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 la. Dawn, we now are. Gay apparel. Let's go, Amy. Let's go. No, Amy, let's go. He didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know. So... That's the basic idea. You run around like a maniac accosting people. That is accurate. Well done. (laughs) Where did this idea come from? Oh, man. I was making these videos as part of my live sketch stand-up shows in New York years ago um, where I would take on this persona that was really uh, irrationally passionate about celebrity (laughs) and his opinions about celebrity. The original idea in my head was... It's one thing to stand on stage and rant and rave about pop culture, and a lot of people do that. A lot of comedians do that now. But what if you take it outside and shove it in a real person's <laughs> face as if it's yeah. something that everyone should be thinking about, even though this <laughs> yeah. person's just yes. going about their day. They're going to pick up their kids. They're on their way to work. you know. And it's in, it's in New York, obviously, so there's a certain pace on the street. New Yorkers don't give a crap about anything <laughs> but what they have to do that day, and everyone has really busy lives. And in the middle of it, I stop you and ask, you did jennifer hudson peak too soon (laughs) because to me that's very important well speaking of confronting people on the street overall have you been pleasantly surprised or disappointed in how people respond to you? always surprised it has been a testament to not judging a book by its cover honestly it's a cliche but it's so true i really do pick people at random i don't know who i'm gonna talk to and the reason i do that is because i have found when you sort of spot someone 
you know, coming my way, and I think to myself, oh, that person looks funny or wacky. Mm. Yeah. 99% of the time, they've got nothing. <laughs> And they're just boring, <laughs> and this sort of wacky look is, is yeah. probably there because they have nothing actually interesting going yeah, on. Yeah, that's all the energy they have went into the clothes. Went into their weird hat or their strange <laughs> long beard, you know? And so, and then you see some older lady on the street, and you'd think, oh, well, this person's never going to know about Katy Perry or whatever I'm asking about. And then sure yeah. enough, they saw her on The View, or they saw her <laughs> on the Today Show, and they have a lot of opinions. And more importantly for me, the time to stand there and talk to me about <laughs> That's it. That's true. Yeah. What I have found in New York is that there are a lot of people walking around waiting for someone to talk to them. <laughs> Do you have an example of maybe the most surprised you ever were with somebody? Yeah, there was a man, the first season of the show, this a semi-toothless I don't know if he was homeless, but he certainly wasn't overly employed, I would say. (laughs) And I asked him if he liked, who who do you like better, Meryl Streep or Glenn Close? (laughs) And I have this ongoing Meryl Streep obsession on my show. And he was so, like, vehemently supportive of Glenn Close. (laughs) And we get into a huge (laughs) argument about it. And he's just yelling, Glenn Close! It's Glenn Close, dude! It's Glenn Close, dude! (laughs) You you think there's no way it isn't scripted, but I swear you could not write it, you know? All right, Billy, we have a question. Will Will you answer our listeners' etiquette questions? I will answer anything. For a dollar? Yes, for, yeah, for free. But you have to donate the dollar back to public radio. Sure. You know what? You guys are doing fine. Well, oh wait, what? Don't judge a book by its cover, Billy. It's a nice studio, but we're actually I don't know. Oh, come on, Fuse TV has nice studios. No, don't get me started. <laughs> I shoot outside for a reason. All right, here's this is a question from Chris in North Carolina. Hi, Chris. And Chris writes, My friend borrows money from me often. Not a lot at once, just pocket change when he doesn't have cash. But it's a fairly one-way street and he doesn't exactly jump on repaying me. Any fun ideas about how to call him out or settle the balance? Hmm. Yeah, you tell you tell him you owe me a lot of <laughs> money. That's what you tell him. <laughs> I mean, what the, what, no, no. I would say, look, I don't have a ton of money myself. I can't keep lending you money. You have to be honest, you That's know. Because if it you don't all, give me it, the money back, I can't continue lending yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. You. you never pay me back. It's a little change here and there. It all adds up. You know, I need my money. Go get a job. Yeah. Babysit. But 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 Chris, any fun ideas? I gave you a fun idea. <laughs> I said, look him dead in the eye and say, stop taking all my money. It's pretty fun. That's a that roller coaster ride, socially speaking. I've made a you career out of it. I know. Forget, you know, we have the Post, Emily Post, great-grandchildren come by giving certain <laughs> etiquette advice. I like your direct approach to etiquette. I think we're going to get along. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I can almost predict the rest of your answers, though. Exactly. Well, let's see. Let's, let's see. see. Let's see. Don't so judge Chris- a book by its <laughs> cover. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I'll stop cursing. All right. So this next question comes from Scott in L.A. Scott writes, I'm a video editor. Knowing video formats. (laughs) Oh, oh, in L.A.? Can you believe it? What a nice change of pace. Yeah. Keep going. Knowing video formats and sizes is what I'm paid to do. Great. Sometimes when I go to my friends' homes, I notice their TVs aren't set up correctly. Oh, you're a lot of fun. (laughs) Yep. The image is scaled oddly, or they're watching SD channels when I know an HD version is available. Oh, what, a, what a laid back dude. Okay, keep what going. Scott, Scott's his name. Yeah. We're shocked his name is Scott, by the way. Keep going. What is the proper etiquette for offering to fix their setup, or at least suggesting they're doing it wrong? I don't want to be obnoxious and overreach. See, he knows on some level that it's a little obnoxious. The proper etiquette is, get a life is the proper <laughs> etiquette. 
I'm so sick of people complaining, oh, it's not an HD. Who are you? There are homeless people outside, homeless people who love Glenn Close, and they don't have HD or SD. They don't have anything. They barely have a little... Uh, my day, we had, I had a portable, compact disc player. That was the only form of entertainment I had. So yeah. stop being so judgmental about people's but, but isn't, entertainment. But wouldn't Meryl Streep look better on HD, Billy? She always looks great. She hasn't aged a day since Kramer versus Kramer. Just ask the people of New York. Scott. Going over to, if Scott came to my house and said, Oh, can, you, can, you, can we watch a show in HD? No. No, you but, can't. But isn't it a simple way to make someone's life better? Look, with a touch of a button, I can make this look more pleasing to the eye. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, come on. Get out. You like, come over to my house. By the way, you're going to go over to someone's house and sit there and watch TV? Who are you, my <laughs> Uncle Lester? Scott, I just want you to know I would defend you more, but I'm a little afraid to do so How right boring. Now. Play a board game. Talk for five minutes. You're on your damn phone all day long, and then you're going to, oh, yeah, let's just throw all caution to the wind and watch some television. And he's a video editor, so he's already doing that at work. Like, yeah, get yeah. some exercise. Well, I'm sure Scott's a real looker, by the way. My <laughs> oh, word. All right. That was that was the polite way to deal with things. There you go, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. <laughs> this is, you're actually giving me a good idea because there, I've been getting a lot of um, some interest in people wanting me to write a book, seriously. Mm. And and I, I'm always sort of, I don't know, you know, I don't know everyone. Every stupid comedian writes a book. Yeah. And, but you're giving me a good idea. I'll write an etiquette book. Oh, great. Well, give us I a cut. That's okay. good. Yeah, so well, we'll yeah, get really? 15 to 39% of that. Yeah, I know. You guys always want every cent you can get here. <laughs> We've got it on Somehow tape. Terry Gross doesn't need my nickels and dimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> This is something from Trying to Be Gentle. It comes via our website. They don't even want to tell us where they're from, Trying okay. to Be Gentle. What do I say, this person asks, when someone asks me for my phone number and I'm not interested in giving it to them? Um, I'll, I'll answer that one honestly okay. since I've been giving your, your viewers a hard time You're so right. far. I think you, in that case, you know what I say actually? I say, you know what? I'll, let me just give you my email because it's quicker. I'm on email all oh, day that's long, good. and I'll, mm-hmm. honestly, you'll get a quicker response out of me via email. <laughs> I.e., never. So, so you lie to them, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> welcome to show business. <laughs> I like you. Had a, I like how you had a better tone of voice, but you're still your core answer yes. was lie to them. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. I miss Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Billy Eichner, thank you so much for telling our audience how to behave. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Comedian and pure raging id Billy Eichner. (laughs) He hosts the comedy quiz show Billy on the Street and stars in the series Difficult People. Both are binge ready on Hulu. All right, one last guest. Let's close it out with Maria Bamford, shall we? Let's. Yes. She is one of the comedy world's most beloved and original voices and is also, by the way, a master at using her voice. Hmm. In her web series, The Maria Bamford Show, she played dozens of people in her own life, from high school tormentors to her very Minnesotan parents. She is known for upending comedy standards, like by speaking candidly about her struggles with anxiety and depression in the midst of her comedy sets. Maria's latest project is a candy-colored, absurd, semi-autobiographical series called Lady Dynamite. The second season just came out. When we spoke to her, Rico welcomed her like this. Maria, it's a joy to have you. 
Thank you so much for having me on this program, Rico. Thank you. And Brendan as well. And right? Brendan. Yeah. I, I Well, the thing is, is I can't, I can't see you. That's right. Brendan is in another studio today. But that doesn't mean that you're not there. It's just like God. But you can't, you could roll the den. Yeah, me and Brendan. Brendan. Me and, or, you could be like, or I could say it in a... In a oh, wait. more serious way. Oh, you could. Brendan. Oh, that was your public radio voice. That's a public yeah. radio voice. Why aren't you hosting this show? Well. That's our first question. <laughs> but the, I'm fundraising. That's it's very difficult. I'm not very good at uh, getting people to give me money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, well, not, that's not true because you have this new show on Netflix. And we well, want to talk to you about it. Well, it's all through uh, when you're passively disinterested. You know what? It, have you had that experience where in show business or in life, whenever you want something, then nobody cares. But then yeah. when you don't want it, then everyone's interested. Yeah, so you didn't look for the show. It just well, appeared. Kind it's of. funny. Like, yeah, I wasn't feeling very well. I, you know, I'd just gotten over a breakdown, mental breakdown. I was yes. like, somebody wants to buy me a salad and burnt one, I'll go. <laughs> and okay. <laughs> and next thing Are we going to have another salad? Okay. Wow. <laughs> Suddenly you had a TV show. Well, it was kind of very surprising, you know, just because uh, show business is like a, a friend with an alcohol problem. Um, you love her so much, but you just don't know what her mood's going to be from day to day. <laughs> you're the most beautiful. You're so pretty. You're just a getaway from me. Well, that's part yeah. of our question is you, you openly struggle with anxiety, and yet you're returning to show business, which seems like the last place someone would want to be who has an anxiety problem. And that's wow. kind of what the show is about. Yes, it is about that because I, I, I do have fantasies of becoming an administrative assistant at a nonprofit, as if that would solve things. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I've actually done that. I have been an administrative assistant, and it's just as anxiety provoking as show business. <laughs> yeah, but it's for eight hours. It's an eight-hour show. <laughs> yeah, rather than show business, which is about a half hour a day. It's about a half hour a day. You oh, get wow. in, you get out. If it's a bad show, forget about it. They shoot it in real time. That's interesting. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> so in this series, um, one of the characters is your Minnesotan mom. Yes. You're known for doing this amazing impression of her. Yes. And in fact, in your web series, you portrayed her. Yes. But here you had to cast someone else to do it. Yes. So what were you looking for when casting that character? Like, what is what is the essence of your mom? Well, just... Somebody who felt warm and it was funny because Mary Kay Place is also Episcopalian. Yeah, she plays your mom. And also <laughs> has like a lot of energy like my mom. So they, they spent, when they first met, they spent about two hours together alone at Mary Kay Place's trailer, just chit-chatting, chit-chatting mm. about spirituality. <laughs> And oh, wow. um, were you like jealous? That. Not at all. <laughs> That's nice, uh, Maria. Maybe you can bring some of your momly wisdom to our listeners' etiquette questions. Should I answer as my mother? <laughs> maybe she could chime you, in after she you. She can show up. What is your mother's first name in case she shows up? Her name is Marilyn Halverson <laughs> okay. Bamford. And, wow, that's very Episcopalian. Well, sound. originally I was raised Methodist, which was with mm. the you know, little cups of grape juice passed around. But <laughs> then I became a, de- a deacon in the Episcopal Church, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, though I no longer practice. All but right. I, mm. I love to give advice. See? So there you go. Your mom is eminently qualified. We're going to ask this first question okay. to Maria, though. Yes, of course. And it comes from Andrew in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Andrew writes, Dear Maria, 
If you're a pug owner and a friend says they don't like pugs, how appropriate is it to not kick them out of your life? (laughs) I feel guilty having a friend who says they don't like pugs. Is holding a grudge and being passive-aggressive towards them a fair enough compromise? You're a big pug fan. Okay, 2004, I declared it the No Friend Left Behind Act. (laughs) I say you let them have that experience of not liking pugs. You're not always going to be having your pug. There's some severe draconian NDA laws, no dog Mm -hmm. allowed laws that are still enacted. So you're Mm going to have times when you're without your pug, and you're going to have your great friend who, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's about pugs. So you're you're saying oh, you're offering pug hate amnesty. Yeah, just don't bring up the pug. Just like t- talk about things that you have a good time with. Do, do you go mm-hmm. to the Trina Turk outlet store and look at pants? Is that something you guys do together? Well, uh, Andrew's not here to respond, but I'll bet he does. What if you're with that friend and a pug walks by and and they say something mean about that pug? Okay. Well, that that's disrespectful. Maria, your face just turned yeah. on a dime. That okay. kind of you. I think then you can say how you feel. Say, "Hey," and of course you say I statements. When you diss pugs in my presence, I feel hurt, <laughs> and that's uncomfortable. And that's what intimacy is built on: is discomfort. <laughs> Rich intimacy. There you go, All Andrew. Right. Good luck. Good luck with that. So this next question comes from Sheil. In St. Louis. Sheel. Yeah. S-H-E-E-L. It's a cool one. Beautiful. And the question is, what should you talk about with your hairdresser? Wow. Okay, well, this is what happens with me with hairdressers. And what I do is I switch hairdressers almost every month. (laughs) I cannot bear to tell them that I don't want to talk at all. Uh, I never want to talk. I just want to read my bookie book. I'm getting sleepy with all the chemicals. (laughs) And although I I love this Netflix uh, product, Grace and Frankie, I don't know if I need to hear... (laughs) Their interpretation at that time of, of what's going to happen in the next season. Um, I just say keep switching hairdressers. Yeah. It's like switching shampoos, switching up your shampoos so you don't get a, too much buildup. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get too much buildup. Emotional buildup. Build I think that's a good answer for <laughs> Sheil, but um, what would your mom say? Well, I have a wonderful hairdresser, and his name's Jesse, and he lives half the year in Palm Springs, so I don't always see him, but I would just say, how are you? (laughs) Tell me what is going on in that incredible life of yours. He's a gay man, and he also teaches Pilates, and he is just fun. (laughs) Wow, we should have him on to do etiquette next time. Or your mom. How about both of them? She, yeah. Oh, my God. My mom is a delight. Really? I, I, I want it to be a slow bleed into my mother. That's I'm, I have the suit. If I, I just have to put on about 20, 30 more pounds, which would be very easy. Because she's, mm-hmm. she's such a happy lady. She enjoys things so much. Look at the, Oh, gosh. I was just down at the liquor store at the end of your block. And he was a darling guy. Sing. He's Punjabi. And he had these beautiful blue eyes. It was like, we t- I talked to him about, we went to Turkey, and we. I just told him about our trip, and we just laughed. We just laughed. <laughs> there you go, Sheil. You can either uh, chat up your hairdresser like that or change your hairdresser monthly. Mm. Here is something from Anonymous in Brooklyn, New York, and he asks, how do you reveal your mental illness to a potential boyfriend or girlfriend? 
Well, I prefer to just uh, have it available on iTunes. <laughs> uh, I mean, everybody, we all Google each other as soon as you start dating. I, mean, I think it seems like by the sixth date, people seem to have, if they have some web presence, they've looked it up. Yeah, right? yeah, right, right. So, um, so you're saying just make that part of your web presence so they find it on could, their own. You could make it a part of your web presence. Or I would say the third date is not a bad time mm-hmm. to bring out your medications necklace, you know, that has engraved on it uh, your full prescription. And then you wow. say, or I don't know, you, you just bring it up because I think it is important for people to know that's because some people are not on board. I had a gentleman who I dated for two months and he knew that I had those issues, but I think he knew about them in sort of a way of uh, like uh, they were... <laughs> They were like adorable, well written, or yeah, yeah, part (laughs) of your character. You're just a great actor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when I actually said, "Oh gosh, yeah, I think I'm having a mood problem right now. I'm going to go see my psychiatrist," he was like, "Oh God, oh is this a thing? Oh no!" And um, reality. So I think it's it's good to say a date three. Okay. Let them bow out early, Um, because everybody's got something, and I say. If you have somebody who tells you what their stuff is uh, by the Mm. second or third date, like knows what their deal is, that's amazing. Oh, right. Instead of you having to excavate it over the course of years or something. Oh, my Lord. Or just you're with someone who's actually has self-knowledge. Yeah, and says, here are the things about me that are not the greatest. You know, like one of the things that was so romantic to me, but my my husband... um, shared with me exactly how much debt he had. He shared his credit report. And I was like, I was so relieved that he knew what that was. (laughs) Like so many people are completely in the dark about it. Just somebody who's clear on what's going on. That's a relief to me. By the way, what date was that that he brought out the credit report? Uh, I think that was three months in. It was the honeymoon. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Which I, I, because I I love that kind of stuff. I I listen to Marketplace. (laughs) I think he could sense that in you. Yeah. like, this is a lady that's going to appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I do my Um, own bookkeeping and uh, I've been audited by the IRS. Guess what? They owed me 25 bucks. Kablam. (laughs) Nice. Hello. That's because you listen to Marketplace. (laughs) IRL. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Maria. Thanks, Maria, Thank for you. telling our audience how to behave. Thank you for having me. Maria Bamford, you can stream two seasons of her show, Lady Dynamite, on Netflix. Yay. It's semi autobiographical, but we're pretty sure there are not a lot of scenes of her doing her taxes. <laughs> Uh, All right, everybody. That concludes this comedy edition of our How to Behave series. Next week, a sequel, How to Behave, the Celebrity Edition, featuring advice from Cameron Diaz, RuPaul, and Sir Ian McKellen. Trivial Pursuit always had a celebrity edition. Now we do, too. Uh, We've made it. Finally. Uh, Yes, that's right. You heard Rico correctly. Gandalf himself will be here. You can't be that... In the meantime, if you're looking for further guidance, pick up our new book, why don't you? It's called Brunch is Hell, How to Save the World by Throwing a Dinner Party. Among other things, we tell you how to talk politics at dinner without punching anyone in the face. It's an invaluable service to humanity, and it's available wherever books are sold. Bon appétit.